Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. This is episode 121 of the Podcasters Podcast. One, two, one. One to one. Hmm. I feel like there's a call to action there. There is. That's gone. No, I'm joking. Anyway, if you follow Ash on LinkedIn, follow me on Instagram, Kane Baron Official. First three people to follow and send us a message will give you an hour one to one each on any questions you've got. I think that's quite fair. I like how you're offering my time as well. Thanks. Well, actually, you're doing all three. I just want the Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs> no, go for it. Genuinely, uh, follow Ash on LinkedIn. Follow me on Instagram. And I'm um, more than happy to help some podcasters. Why not? It's episode one-to-one. Let's do it. Fair enough. Now, moving on to the episode. In our community, George Betson, who is a podcast, we will, podcaster, we will be helping to launch a podcast Shout soon. Out Shout out to you, George. He has asked the question, if your content sucks, how do you go about improving it? And when he asked the question, I thought, rather than just replying to it, I feel like there's a whole podcast episode. So, George, this is for you. Leverage. First of all, you've got to identify it sucks. Chances are it does. <laughs> Good start. <laughs> all right, so let's go through a, a few things, shall we? I think this is in reference to one of our previous episodes, and I think you've replied to it asking the question, which is awesome. So thanks for the question. Yeah, it was the four-season the four marketing, four and obviously one of them's content. Um, and yeah, that's what he's expanded on. And, and most people's content does suck, and that's why it doesn't grow. So... Tanner Campbell, he did a, um, he's got Stoicism podcast, it's enormous, and he did a keynote at one of our summits, and I think he really put the nail on the head. Some people have the X Factor and some people don't. And really, he, he his advice to everyone was, podcast for a year, and if you're seeing sort of positive impact returns, it's going the right direction, cool, carry on. If not, nothing, then maybe you should give up, and that's fair. Right, because a lot of people just don't have it, whatever it is. And year is broad because if you're doing like odd seasons and things, and you've done like twenty episodes in a year, it's a bit different. But if you're the only thing with that though is, didn't Alex Hormozzi like blow up in his fifth year? And there's some other like Joe Rogan for the first few years got no traction. So well, Joe Rogan was always pretty successful, but he was famous. Yeah, but yeah, Alex Hormozzi is a great example of that. The other one is um, Chris Williamson. It both took them like four or five years to really make it, but. (laughs) <laughs> for the majority I guess and yeah. you can probably Look, they, they probably started getting some growth you probably still have some traction in that time it's positive if it's if it's positive and it's going in the right direction and it is actually growing not necessarily like massively but a fairly substantial amount then great carry on but also even now like Alex does so many things wrong with this podcast but he's just really well known that it's going to be successful anyway right people that are listening to this, they're in the top 10%. Most people aren't going and looking for help to actually grow their show, especially quite early on. So identifying your content could be better. So here's the first thing that we noticed, and we've spoken about this a lot. Be more of yourself. If you swear, swear, right? If you have personal in-jokes with your co-hosts, use them, right? The more truly authentic you are, rather than trying to be a persona as soon as the microphone turns on. People have got much better bullshit detectors than you think. It'll either come off as not genuine or just fucking dull. Like, because if it and ours was to start with, it was real. I mean, it might be now, who knows? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was wondering why no one listens anymore. <laughs> but it might be. But 
actually being yourself, having a joke, having a laugh whilst entertaining, educating is the key. Even if it's not the norm as well, because I, and there's a, there's a good example of this, actually. I spoke to Matt from Motome Matt the other day, and he has a show in obviously the motorhome industry. And he said it's a very button up industry. And he has a completely different approach of like bright colors, silly poses all over his website. And he's very relaxed, lighthearted. Him and his co-host clearly have a lot of banter when they're, when they're recording, right? And that's a bit of a pattern interrupt for that industry, for the mm. like luxury leisure industry. So that different approach has helped him grow his show massively because he's very authentic to the way he is. And he's like the only person like that in that industry. It's true. I mean, even just look at Joe Rogan, right? Biggest podcast in the world. He's constantly getting high. He's yeah. drinking and smoking with his buddies. Like, nothing is serious. But then he will have some very, very serious conversations and smarter conversations. And normally we say don't really take much advice from him because it's very different, right? He's minted. He's been doing it 15 years and is incredibly famous already. But that is definitely something. And that's one of the reasons people go to him because of his personality and people want to be like him or they'd want to be buddies with him. That's why he can get away with speaking to a physicist and then a comedian and an MMA fighter and then, you know, each day. So that's number one is actually be a bit more lighthearted, be more your true self. Second thing, bad audio, right? So it's hard because if people go back, listen to some older episodes when we're sort of in 2020, 2021, it's like, okay, well, actually just get started and you, you, you can probably do all right. But the quality... Or this, the, the bar was much, much lower then. Now, you really do need to up your equipment, like we've just done. New, new mics. Um, yeah, right time. <laughs> hopefully they work. Yeah, fine, how um, But you, the standard is getting higher. And there's a lot of big names coming into podcasting. They've got a lot of money behind them, and the standard is there. Now, you will succeed because of your content, but people probably won't even give you the chance to listen if your visuals or your audio is crap because there's so much content out there on all these platforms that whether it's podcasting, it's YouTube, social media, why would I stick around and listen to your crap audio, your crap video if within a couple of swipes or a couple of taps I'm on somebody with better? I had this conversation yesterday with someone. Um, he's not in the podcast industry. He's, he's in the digital marketing industry. So there's, it's related, right? But talking about content and then the quality of recording it and I was saying how basically repeating what you just said of it has to has to be good now because the people that are already doing it are doing it well um, and he was saying yeah the content's super important I was like yeah of course content's massively important he said well surely content's more important than the quality of audio I was like well put it this way if you click on a podcast episode I mean 30 seconds it sounds crap you're not even going to get to know if the content's any good anyway and it doesn't matter if it's the best content in the world if it sounds especially if you position yourself as an expert if it doesn't sound good, you're just yeah. not going to, you're going to assume it's not good quality. Well, right? I mean, it's like saying what's more important to a car, steering wheel or the actual wheels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You kind of need enough. both, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. <laughs> you do need both. Quality content consistently is, with, with obviously the good audio, is, is what the kind of cornerstone is for, for all things podcasting, right? Um, so yeah, both are super important. But if you go back to the content specifically, what's the next point on how to make sure your content doesn't suck. What will make it, what will set you aside from those people that will just kind of get going? So here's what Chris from Modern Wisdom did, was he listened back to every single episode he's done and then took notes on it and tried to improve something every single time. Whether it is, oh, I'm too much in my own head and they're giving me some great stuff and I'm basically just thinking, 
crap, what's my next question? Or maybe it's the quality, or maybe it's he wasn't uh, prepared enough, or perhaps he's got quite a strict ritual on what he drinks, when he sleeps, what he eats leading up to an interview, because it's quite long form, it's quite heavy in terms of content, so he has to be quite sharp, not fucking crap that we do. (laughs) (laughs) But I like this recording slot, by the way. What's the time? It's half past 11 on a Friday. It's Friday, I'm happy. Yeah, it's best before time lunch, so I'm excited to eat. I'm in, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I'm happy for you. <laughs> but so that's one thing, it's just listen back to it and be critical. So Mr. Beast talks about this on YouTube channel. If somebody asks him for advice on YouTube, he's pretty happy to give it. But his one thing is go away, do a hundred videos, improve one small thing every time, then come back to me. Firstly, that's a great filter because most people won't even bother doing that. So then he's not wasting his time giving advice to people who doesn't deserve it. But also, when you give something a hundred goes and every time you improve one thing about yourself, your quality, the guests you get, the way you ask questions, the way you deliver, that's always going to help. I actually think a hack is doing some sort of speaking training. So I've done public speaking training. Again, Chris from Modern Wisdom, he is actually a um, Geordie. You used to have a real thick Geordie accent. And then he had a speech coach, and now it's very almost plain, I guess. So anybody can understand him. So that's one thing he made as a massive change. How do I appeal to more people is speak properly so I'm more easily understood. That's something you can do. And not only should you listen to your own episodes back, you should get other people who will give you brutally honest feedback on how they can improve. So Dodge Whittle from Eventful Lives, literally, he's done a brand new piece of content, which is him being questioned by his producer. Really, really cool. New, because as the interview host, you often don't actually get much time. Exactly. And then he's got like the nicest fan base I've ever seen. His comment section is so positive. And people want to hear more from him. So they tried this new content and he sent it to me. He said, can you give me your honest feedback, please? So I was like, all right, here's three things great. Here's three things to improve. And he was then sat with his producer listening to that feedback and then they went and recorded another one. And no doubt, I'll listen to that one and I'll message him again after that. So having somebody who'll give you real honest feedback, not just, oh, that was amazing. You're so great. You know, a wonderful, yeah. People that can actually pick some stuff apart in terms of content. And you have to be honest with yourself a little bit. And, and so will hopefully that person. Is if yeah, would you to listen it. to it? If yeah. it was someone else, if it wasn't you talking about it and you was listening, trying to learn about the subject, would you listen to that episode? Yeah, take your ego out of it a little bit. Mm. If could be like, oh, of course, you know, that's, that's super not knowledgeable. No, if it's really dull, then they're not. Because people want to be around you as a host, but only if you're interesting. Like you can be incredibly smart, but like, I, I had this at school. So when you go to school, university, and you have the lecturers that are always the most qualified. They are, they've got every letter after their name possible, but I cannot consume a word they're talking at me because they're just so monotone or they're boring, they're terrible teachers. It's kind of what you are as a podcaster. You have to entertain as you educate. Try and... Actually, here's something that people often do, or it's quite a frequent mistake, I suppose, is there's not much range in their tonality. So it's a bit easier when you've got um, co-hosts. So Ted from TED Talks did a um, study. They can't 
I can't remember, it was 15 or 17 minutes, but most people can't actually listen to one speaker and consume all the information for more than about 15 minutes. After that, they start to zone out, which is why talks on TED are quite concise and they're all pre-scripted and they're, they're very um, sort of tough on, on their guidelines so that when people are watching, either in the audience or on YouTube, that they're, they're engaged that whole time. And a really good way to keep people engaged is make sure you are elevating when you make certain things or going lower or slowing down your speech or speeding up your speech. Exactly. And it, it does help because especially with if you're like a male host, it's very easy just to talk like this because we are very like almost relaxing voices. Very, very boring. That's dull. Whereas I think most females tend to have, well, they're obviously high pitched and they tend to have more sort of ups and downs in their pitch as they speak anyway this definitely is more of a problem of, of male hosts but something that i would consider looking at, and this is why you need to listen back to your own content a lot for sure and you mentioned dodge which i think is a good way to bring us on to the next point is as a host don't be in your own head because i've been in this situation before don't be in your own head just thinking what's the next question ask the obvious questions engage in the conversation go down little rabbit holes keep it relevant but Make sure you're fully exploring each question, right? So follow-up questions and getting everything out of someone. Asking the difficult questions, and Dodge does this really well. Asking questions that kind of make you like, not cringe a little bit, like, oh, I wouldn't want to ask that. Yeah, it's tough. If you can ask those questions, one, they make for great clips. Yeah. <laughs> and two, it can really open up your, your guests. I mean, Stephen Bartlett took it a bit too far to the point he just tries to get everyone to cry, but he's done that because he asked such great questions. I heard he just pumps onions through the air conditioning. Maybe both. <laughs> Fair enough. But his his line of questioning, the way he follows up on questions and the type of questions he asks, the way he asks them, gets the guests to open up. These people that are often you've only ever seen the media side of them, and then you see a whole other side of them, and that's definitely a large part behind his success. Yes, he was well, he was known before, but he's hit ridiculous levels, and I think a large part of that is down to how he hosts and Dodgers seeing the same success, and I'd say that's a big part of the reason why because hosting in a way that gets everything out of your guests, not just the stuff that you've heard three times before. And he's doing it with Dodge specifically, doing it with people that aren't already famous, which is like quite impressive to get that sort of views. Because one of the things that I put on my list for this is just having anybody on. This is really common. People would just be like, oh, I need a guest. Let me go get a guest, which is why I generally recommend a hybrid show. So we'll have an interview guest occasionally if there's something very, very specific that they can add to our audience. Otherwise, I don't really want you on. But I also don't really want to plan guests because it's a bit long. So people, they're doing only interview shows and they're just scrambling to get guests and they'll have, oh, get my sister on. She's got a great story. Uh, yeah, but does she? Because your audience doesn't care. So they either have to have a truly incredible story and you have to be a very, very good host at getting that out of them or you're going to have to start getting people that people care about. And when you do do that, don't just ask the same questions everyone's oh. been asked. See if you can think, what don't you know about this person? Mm. Ask those questions. I mean, it's good to say use ChatGPT, put in, or Bard, Google's Bard. If you put in their website and say, what questions shall I ask this person on the podcast interview, it'll give you a load. Yeah, it's good. But maybe get it to give you 50 and pick a question that isn't in there. Yeah. Something like that. Just try and find things that are adjacent, but not exactly what other people Yeah, ask. that's a good piece of advice. On questions i use a um like a networking event as an analogy most people if you just sort of stand at the back of the room and look at networking events like, oh 
what do you do? What's your name? And then they give their sort of elevator pitch. And then the next person will ask them. And then they'll say the exact same thing, the exact same thing 20 times. And that's how most people are when they get interviewed on shows. It's almost like their PR hat's on. So, like, oh, I tend to get asked these similar questions. And although I've not like written the answer, I've answered it enough times. I, I say the same stuff. And I've been interviewed on a few shows. They ask me the same questions. I end up asking, you know, saying the same thing. Normally, because they've heard me on another one. And they've gone, oh, that was a cool story. Let me ask him the exact same thing. Um, but purely just by, like you say, prying, digging a bit deeper, asking why questions. And yeah, exactly. Those open-ended questions to get them to expand on the thing they've just said. A lot of the times, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I've never been asked that bit to, like, to elaborate on it. And that is where you get the really, really good content because it's not pre-planned and their PR hat's not on there. Most people are scared of silence. So their lips are moving quicker than their brain and they end up just saying pretty much anything. And it's not like entrapment or, you know, tricking them, but they will say things that they might not have planned to have said because nobody would asked them that question before. And actually, it's less stress for you as a podcast host. I think if you just go, well, I'm not going to, I have a few talking points, but I'm going to have no questions planned. And whatever they say, I'll just keep digging. I'll keep digging. I'll keep digging. And I think the fear comes from, well, what if they don't give me much? And there's not really much to, for them to expand on. Okay, well, you can have a couple of talking points to fall back on. But if that's the case, don't air the interview. Because if your host or your guest is giving you nothing, then don't share it. It'll be crap. And it's kind of on them as much as it is on you. But Take that stress away from you being in your own head, having, oh, I need to ask these questions. Have various talking points. I like the bullet point approach. That's how yeah. I, I've, I've done interviews in the past. If there's a couple of specific questions, where I'm usually thinking like clips in my mm. head, then I might have them down. But typically, I'll just have talking points, five or six talking points. Like, I want to cover these. And then because there's no question that written down, it forces me to think during the interviews. Like, oh, how, what question can I ask? And then it mm. forces me to listen and be an active listener. And then, ask questions based on what they've said as an answer. So instead of me thinking, right, this is the next question and then just getting ready to ask the next question. Much better content. For sure. I think that's the bulk of it. I think if you're listening to your content back and critiquing it, just finding one small thing to improve, get somebody else you trust to listen to, not every episode, because don't punish them. <laughs> uh, but get somebody else to listen and critique. Get them to give you one thing each episode. Get better guests or more interesting guests and practice not having loads of questions there and just feeling it out, asking them more questions. Then improve your quality is the first thing to fix. Just so you sound and look better, immediately you look more professional. So I think that's five things. I think that's enough to go away and really improve your content. Yeah, no, I think that's a good episode. Till next time. Adios.